I'm sure you've all heard of a uh, practice um, in dealing with this uh, coronavirus pandemic. I know you're very tired of hearing about this, but um, there is a practice by certain very liberal um, Democrat governors, uh, Cuomo, uh, Newsom, Wolf, and a couple others, they thought that, that the best way to treat this pandemic was to like um, force nursing homes under their jurisdiction to take um, infected patients. So this is just a brilliant idea, and um, turns out that many deaths were caused by this practice. Now, in fact, there was a health secretary in Pennsylvania who pulled out her mother um, knowing that this uh, pandemic would ravage the nursing homes and many would die because they're a, a vulnerable population. And so I think these people um, did it deliberately uh, to increase the numbers of, because uh, this has just no, um, this makes no sense if you're trying to actually, you know, protect people. It's why would you put an infected person into the nursing home where it's gonna create the most problem? All right, they, they had um, ships, they had hospitals, they had that the military had built where they could put these infected people. You know, so and it's a certain mindset. All right, that I want to talk about today. Um, going back to an article for in April. Uh, in the National Review about Jack Kevorkian, okay? And uh, so the mindset is, you know, if you're old and suffering, you know, it, it's, it's, it's better to be dead than to just continue your life in this uh, miserable state. All right, uh, Jack Kevorkian was a firm believer in this uh, right to die, right to a self-determined death, die when you think was right, not just because, you know, naturally you have some years left to live, it's your decision when to die, All right? Rather than just following the course of nature. Some people are, you know, they're suffering, they can't do things they'd like to do, and, uh, they think that they have a, de- a right to determine their own death and they get assisted suicide or euthanasia. Okay, assisted suicide is when the doctor provides you with the tools to commit, commit suicide and euthanasia is when the doctor does that himself or herself. Um, so it's, it's also this mindset of utilitarianism. All right, so there's an underlying theory going on here, all right? So, utility, an ethics of utility leads us to maximize pleasure and minimize pain. All right? Whereas, a duty-based ethics, or deontological is the fancy term, D-E-O-N-T-O, L-O-G-I-C-A-L, it's a big word, deontological, it's duty-based, meaning you have to abide by duties, even though it may not increase your pleasure. 
So don't tell a lie. Even though, you know, lying may actually get you um, pleasure because lying is just wrong. Don't take someone's life because it's it's your duty to protect life. All right? Now, hey, if we can um, maximize pleasure, you know, if we're these liberal governors and we have this vision of a a Trump-less society, maybe we can get that by just, you know, killing off some old people who don't really have much to live for anyway and achieve our grand agenda. All right? Um... So that's utilitarianism versus um, the ideological ethics and it underwrites this debate about Kevorkian and his ideas. So this is an article by Wesley Smith in the National Review. I just want to go over some points on this article. It's um, quite interesting. And the premise is that we're experiencing a normalization of euthanasia and assisted suicide. It's becoming more and more accepted in various countries. Smith mentions Canada, Colombia, certain states in the U.S., like um, Oregon. It's a state-by-state thing uh, where, um, you know, it's like, okay, before this was, this was frowned upon. Uh, you know, Kevorkian was actually in prison for a while uh, for what he was doing. Uh, but in certain segments of society, it's, you know, getting more acceptance. Um, you know, the idea is death with dignity. That's the, 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 the uh, marketing tool. You need to die with dignity, meaning not in a hospital bed, suffering with all kinds of IV tubes, uh, unable to, you know, take care of yourself, pooping in your pants, you know, Let's not go through that and just end it. So it seems like it's driven by compassion, right? So you're, you're compassionate. It's like a, you could, we do it to animals, right? We do it to, to an animal. Uh, they're suffering. Uh, let's put them out of their misery with just a, by ending the, the life. All right. That, those, and, you know, it's not just with old people. So we'll talk about how it's being expanded to kids. It's being expanded to people who have really... No problem, no medical problem, other than, other than that they have maybe a philosophical reason to kill themselves. They, they think it's, you know, life is not worth living. Philosophically, they could be perfectly healthy, all right? And that's, it's being extended to people who um, may be mentally ill. They're like in their 30s and they have perfect health. They're not poor. They have the means of living in comfort but they want to kill themselves. And certain countries are allowing this. They're saying, it's your right. It's your right to a self-determined death. No one can make you live. All right, so it's a radical kind of autonomy. And Smith is against it. Uh, it says in his little bio at the bottom that he works uh, at the Discovery Institute uh, Center for Human Exceptionalism. Because human beings are special. We're exceptional. So what you can do to an animal, you can eat an animal. You can, you know, perform a mercy killing. 
without controversy that like a dog doesn't have to continue to live if it's you know in severe pain just put it out of its misery it's seen as compassionate but for a human being those final moments are very important and the human being does not have the right to end their life prematurely they have to go through that period okay so um it's it's a it's a debate really about the value of life is life about pleasure that's the one way to look at life like so you want to get as much pleasure as possible from life or is it about something else is is there so there's a I'm, I'm going to end this podcast with the with the discussion of the of Christian beliefs where the purpose of life for a Christian is not pleasure the purpose is to get to heaven is to save your soul All right so your soul has to be properly conformed to the will of God so that it goes to heaven All right so this stage on earth is a preparatory stage and if we think we have to maximize pleasure we might actually damage our souls okay so it's it's this this debate is actually very uh metaphysical it's it has a lot of um ramifications so if you think life ends when you die you might be more inclined to accept euthanasia because then if there's no afterlife the purpose of life then would be to just try to try to get as much as you can out of it experience pleasures All right so, so 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 go enjoy it and if you can't enjoy it then just end it if you're sick if you're mentally ill if you if you can't um do things if you're disabled just end it and and now we're talking about kids and their parents saying well this person has down syndrome this person has this kid has a you know they're 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 mentally retarded uh let's let's euthanize them okay and the, the and the and the kid is euthanized All right, so uh Smith thinks this is a plague. Um it's something that we should not be accepting. It's a uh it's a cultural mindset that's just permeating us and um you know, it's very destructive. Okay, of course Kevorkian thinks that he is liberating people. Uh I saw a speech he gave um at UCLA. All right, and this guy was an ex-convict, but he's being portrayed as a uh, like a freedom fighter. All right? So uh we go to the Ninth Amendment of the Constitution. This is what Kevorkian cites. The Ninth Amendment. It's kind of an obscure amendment. Actually, as I think about it, it's quite remarkable. It, it 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 provides a doorway for a lot of you know interpretation um so it says the enumeration in the constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people so I'll read that again the enumeration in the constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. This is very interesting. So it's it's saying that 
we can enumerate certain rights in the Constitution, like the Bill of Rights, like a right to bear arms, right to free speech, right to freedom of religion, etc., etc. But that does not mean that this list is exhaustive. It's like, so if the fact that we say that you have the right to life, I'm sorry, the right to free speech, but we don't say that you have the right to, uh, to die, that does not mean that you don't have the right, the right to die. Okay, so Kevorkian is a believer in this natural law. We have certain rights by nature, just the fact that we're human beings. And one of those is the right to die, the right to a self-determined death. And the fact that this is not in the Constitution does not mean that we don't have it. Okay, so this Ninth Amendment, I mean, wow. It's saying that we have a lot of other rights not in the Constitution. So it's okay to, 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 to invent them. Like, so, like, um, people want to be these uh, or, or, originalists about the, the, the Constitution. They think that we should follow the letter of the law. But here in the Ninth Amendment, we have a window to identify new rights. So, so Kevorkian says, hey, uh, even though the right to die is not in the Constitution, I think we have it just, just through natural law. Okay, through um, our human nature, we have certain rights. Okay, and you can't force me to live. That's what he's saying. All right, so if I want to die, I'm allowed that right as a human being. Okay? Um, now, again, like, this is very, there's a lot going on here. Like, um, what gives you the right to kill yourself as a human being? What is a right? Okay, um, so the, the standard Christian view is God is the Lord of life and death. Okay, so God gives you life. You don't give yourself life. We don't, we're not self-determined uh, in terms of our birth. And we're not self-determined in terms of our death. So God has a certain plan for you and he is the only one who can take away your life. Okay, so um, you can't just say it's your natural right to kill yourself because it's controversial. Um, now, you could like not believe in God and say human beings have autonomy and this autonomy should be respected. We can't impose things on other people respect their freedom of conscience. So, so this is also a part of the Constitution. Freedom of speech. You can't force people to say certain things and not say other things because of autonomy. All right? But, but there have to be limits too because, you know, we, we don't have an absolute right to anything. Okay, you can't. It, it, 
the, the right to private property implies a, a, a lack of right to take someone else's property. All right, so we have this Ninth Amendment. Um, Kevorkian invokes natural law. It's controversial. Um, is this about compassion? So someone could say, hey, I'm being compassionate. You know, the doctor is very compassionate. Um, you have someone who's suffering, um, doesn't want to live, has given their consent. Um, the person could be depressed and they may not be in the right mind. That's a problem. But uh, some people say it's very compassionate. Or is this about a promotion of a utilitarian attitude? Is Kevorkian, and, and Smith gives some quotes from Kevorkian that suggests it's not about compassion. It's more about this promotion of a utilitarian attitude. So what does that mean? Again, it's maximizing pleasure and pain. And it's getting away from this so-called sanctity of life ethic. The sanctity of life ethic. It, this is important, so I'm going to, I'm going to talk about this a little, a little bit. What does this mean? It's an ethic based upon the sanctity of life. Human life has sanctity. And therefore, it's inviolable. You can't take that life, even if it might achieve more pleasure than pain. So if someone is miserable and sick, they're in pain constantly. Why not just end that life? They have no experience. That's better than pain. And then also, Kevorkian could use the organs of this person. Uh, the, he could use the body for experiments, helping other people who are alive and healthy, making medical advances. All right, so the sanctity of life ethic to him is irrational. Okay. Um, and we should just treat ourselves in a utilitarian way to, to maximize pleasure and minimize pain. Okay? Um, and again, this is being expanded, not just, to, don't just think of like old people near death, but also to children. I mean, a child can't consent to its own death. A child who is very young cannot give consent. They don't know what's going on. So the parents will be overriding the child. And this to me is, is, is very abusive. Okay, so um, if you care about rights and autonomy, the ultimate violation of autonomy is to deprive someone of a chance to live. Okay, to, to live out the course of their life and to, to just look at someone and say, well, that's not a life worth living. Okay, so someone who looks at a disabled person, someone maybe who is uh, like, a, like a, a midget, well, that person is going to suffer so much, let's just end it. Okay, um, again, it ties into theology. What if God created certain people to have these disabilities. How do you know what the, the, the plan is? Because, we, again, we don't create life. Okay, um, we don't create, we didn't 
we didn't create the world. We, we just enter it. We don't, we don't choose to um, be born. Uh, so we're kind of like playing God here and saying, well, even though God may have produced this life, let's say you know, God planned for this person to be a midget or someone to be have Down syndrome, that's God's plan. Or you could say, no, it's just an accident. Um, you know, it's just uh, a defect created by accident. Um, and let's just get rid of it because there's not much pleasure associated with this. Okay, so this, this is actually a, a, a conflict of, a, of entire worldviews. Okay, um, now certain countries are saying that you have a right to be killed. It's a fundamental human right, and no uh, dogmatic religious doctor can say no. So this trumps your religious freedom. So you could say, well, look, um, yeah, I believe in autonomy. I believe in these rights in the Constitution. And um, one of them is religious freedom. And that means that I can exercise my religion. And that might involve um, refusing to perform euthanasia or assisted suicide. And certain countries are saying, oh, no, you have to do that. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian you must perform the, the, the euthanasia. Or you must at least tell the patient where to go to get that. Okay, so a kind of duplicity, kind of hypocrisy. Why does the right to die trump the right to, to act according to your conscience? Okay. Um, so is this rights language just kind of a smokescreen? And what's the real agenda? So if we really believe in individual autonomy and rights, we should respect both people, both parties here, the, the right to die and the right to practice your religion. All right? The interesting thing is, um, this comes up with, the, with, with, with masks too. Okay, now we have people saying, you must wear a mask, I'm the governor, you must wear a mask. Okay? Um, it, it slows the spread of um, COVID-19. Okay? But, but what if someone thinks that they don't need a mask? There are many people who think that masks don't work. There have been studies done. Okay? There's, there's a solid basis for claiming that the masks don't work because the virus is too small. All right? These cloth masks don't really protect you. So why wear it? Or the virus is not that deadly anyway. All right, but, but, so this is the duplicity where you have the same people saying, you have the right to die. You have the right to abortion. You have the right to your body. But you must wear a mask because I say so. So is this really about rights? Do they really believe in rights? Is this, is this a philosophical position? But why aren't they consistent? So it's, it's, it suggests that it's really about their interest in power. Uh, the rights language is just a smokescreen, unfortunately. They're not motivated by rights. They're motivated by their passion. Okay, so um, 
the right's language is like just a smokescreen to get people to buy in. People who are, are good, and, but what they really should say if they're honest is, I just like this because I'm making money off of it. Or I, I like this because um, it's making me more powerful. Right, but the, to get, get you to buy in, they have to use the rights language. Oh, I care about human rights. All right. Um, or is there some principled way you could say that it's okay to mandate a mask, but not okay to prevent someone from killing themselves? Okay, is there some principled reason there? And I, I would like someone's input. Uh, that'd be great. Okay, so... Um, yeah, so this is being expanded. It's not just people suffering on their deathbed. It's a terminal illness. It's people who maybe don't even have a medical diagnosis. They don't even have a, an illness. And they're just, they just... For philosophical reasons, they just don't think... Human life is worth living. All right? Uh, and Kevorkian mentions um, this strange idea of an obituary. Not an obituary, an obituary. This is something that he invented. It's a process where we're going to vivisect patients as they're being euthanized. To understand the mystery of death. So what changes when you go from life to death? And Kevorkian was very curious. What exactly changes? Okay, so does the soul leave the body? What happens? Does, Does some kind of electrical process in the body, in the nervous system change? Okay. So I want to close this podcast with um, a discussion of certain Bible verses. Okay, so we're going to go into a new kind of philosophical orientation. Uh, One where the goal of life is not to just maximize pleasure. So what is the meaning of life? Is it pleasure? The biblical view says no. The goal of life is to save your soul. It's to save your soul. And that might involve suffering. Suffering has a place in your salvation. All right, so I want to turn to a couple of verses. So Ephesians 5, 26 to 27. The book of Ephesians, Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Um, it says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word that he might present to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So here, the will of God in Christ, 
is to cleanse our souls. Okay? Now think about it. This is, this is metaphorical. So we're not literally cleaning, disinfecting our soul. We have, to, we have to clean it in the sense that we're getting rid of faults. Faults like anger, impatience, lust, gluttony, pride. Okay? Think about this. Do you clear out these defects when you're living a life of pleasure? Or do you clean them out when you're enduring hardship? Okay, it's the latter. It's discipline. It's hard work to overcome these vices you have. Okay? Someone who's addicted to drugs, does that happen? I mean, do they get um, sober through a hard process of willpower and discipline and suffering? Or through just pleasure? Of course, the former process, it's hard. Very hard. And similarly with other vices that we have. Okay, so... Um, that's one verse. Uh, let's do Hebrews, uh, chapter 12, verse 10. Hebrews 12, verse 10. For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. And let's go to um, verse 6 in the same chapter. So Hebrews 12, 6. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth, scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. So if God loves you, he, he will chasten you. Okay, so this Oswald Chambers, a Protestant um, writer, has this very beautiful uh, line, God has one destined end for mankind, holiness. His one aim is the production of saints. So God has one destined end for mankind, holiness, not pleasure. His one aim is the production of saints. Okay, saints, not people who just enjoy life. Right? So, people who think that they should just avoid suffering are making a mistake because the suffering you go through has a greater purpose. Okay? The suffering is given to you by God to heal and strengthen your soul. So there's a worldview clash. On the one hand, life is about pleasure. And if you can't get it because you're disabled or sick, life is not worthwhile. 
And you have the right to determine whether you live or die. Because you know you owe nothing to God. You have a radical autonomy. And God is not the Lord of your life. You are. So if you don't want to be here, you don't have to be here. On the other hand, God gave you this life. You owe something to God. You can't opt out whenever you feel like it. And the suffering is there for your benefit. Right, so this is the worldview clash that we're experiencing with people like Kevorkian. Right, thank you for listening, and I'll see you again soon.